Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Earliest memory. What would you say that is? I remember getting stabbed with a pencil in kindergarten. I remember doing little kid portraits in like a pilot jacket. And I remember I hated the Easter Bunny. Because that thing was terrifying. Memory is a funny thing, huh? How exactly does it work? How do we remember and then forget until suddenly, there it is again? I've got questions. Hey again, hope you remember a few things when we're done with this one because it is our memory show. Plenty to talk about, so we're going to go right to it and meet our guest. Sure. Uh, I'm uh, David Spiegel. I'm a uh, Wilson professor and associate chair of psychiatry at Stanford University School of Medicine. I've been on the faculty since 1975. Co-founder of Reverie, the digital interactive hypnosis app. Here's the question. How do people usually define memory? And then how do you define it? Because maybe those are two different things. It's, it's an interesting question. Well, you know, memory is our ability to access the residue of previous uh, experiences, things we've learned, things we've learned how to do. We divide memory into two types, and this may help people understand it. The first, I remember when I last saw you, or I remember what we did over the holidays. Um, or what I had for breakfast. That's episodic memory that's stored in a different part of the brain than the much more common form of memory, procedural memory. So you may not have any episodic memories of how you learned to ride a bike, but you know how to do it. A lot of people call it the muscle memory. Either way, not a tape recorder. Right. It's not. And it's it's reconstructive. It's affected by emotion. Um, and uh, you're right. It's not simply, you know, the mind is a video recorder and everything comes back the way it was. We reconstruct it. We change it, in fact, sometimes. So if you pull the memory up, it's, it's sort of like editing a Word document. You know, the, when you restore it, you now change it differently. And how does it work? I mean, in its in its simplest form, the sort of storage, the process for it? Well, uh, you know, the brain is an extraordinarily complex three-pound machine that works through the communication among millions and millions of neurons. And they set up patterns. There's a saying that neurons that fire together wire together. So when you have an experience, the episodic part of it is stored in the middle part of the temporal lobe, so down at the base of the brain in the hippocampus. And that's a part of the brain that sets up networks based on experience. So it sets up a series of connections among neurons. And memory recall is associative. Yeah, that's a key point. Again, more comparisons here. You're not storing books on a shelf. You're drawing up sort of a collage. That's why when you see an old friend, you get into that territory where it's like, remember when those things are easier to draw up when you're together. They're more difficult when you're separate. Seeing the person brings it all to the surface. You have those episodic memories, but then the procedural memories are stored in a different part of the brain. Motor and, and sensory cortices higher up in the brain. And so when you start to do something, those parts of the brain take over and tell your muscles what to do. And that gets pretty automatic. 
Things that affect memory, well, there's a lot of them. Trauma is one. In general, you know, the more affective arousal there is, the more likely you are to remember it to a point. But there then comes a point where it's so overwhelming and painful that your brain just, you know, says, uh, you don't want to think about this very much. And you tend to suppress or disconnect. Some stress, some adrenaline sharpens things. Yeah, too much. And you get into protection mode, self-preservation. Sleep can also affect things in a pretty big way. Part of what we do in sleep is kind of store and process memories and reprune the uh, connections among neurons. And there's more and more evidence now that sleep is an active period of time for the brain. You know, if we kept adding connections, our brains wouldn't fit in our heads after a while. So to be able to reconnect the brain, you have to prune it. You have to clean it. If you're sleep deprived, well, harder to focus when you're awake, hard to do the work you need to do when you're asleep. You got to consolidate no matter the memory type. Why, when I think about something in the past that I do remember that is vivid, how is it that I can almost feel it? Right. Well, that's absolutely right. And there's some neurobiology to that. The parts of the brain that process memory, like the hippocampus, are right next to the parts that manage emotion, the limbic system, uh, the amygdala, which is a center of peer, fear and, and anger. Um, our emotions are very much tied to our memories, and they're processed pretty close together in the brain. And so when you have a memory that involves some emotion, you'll feel the emotion again. You can feel a feeling that you had when you were with someone you loved. Or maybe loved in a past tense. One big thing to realize here is how malleable this all is. The memories, they change. You color your own memories because you're not the same person you now are when you were back then when you experienced that memory. So how do you know what you remember is 100% what happened? Well, you don't. <laughs> It's good to be aware that what you're pulling up now is not a vertical documentary style. It's your current perspective, and it's an important perspective, but it's not the absolute truth. Think how much you've learned over any time period. You'll look at things through that lens now, not the original one. Maybe that'll enlighten some things. Speaking of truth, we heard in a lying show, you can believe your own lies if you say them enough because you wire them in. You know, they start to believe stuff. It just flat out isn't true. And, you know, that gives us imagination. It's how painters and poets work, you know. But at the same time, it's dangerous. Before we're out of time, I want to do one thing that we all know, which is hearing the song that you haven't heard in like 10 years and you know it still. Huh. Well, that's, you know, that's this associative network. Uh, and one of the interesting things about our ability to process music is that most of us, you can hear the first two notes of a song and you know what song it is, right? You know, this is the lead-in yeah, for yeah. the words or anything. Because your brain sets up a, a set of neural connections that play out the, the melody of the song. And so you, you have not just, it's not like learning 10 new words. It's learning a pattern that you've already learned. Yeah, there it is. Hearing the first note is the first domino. It cascades the rest. Because you didn't learn the song note by note. You learned the song. Here's an example from me. Playlists. If I build a playlist and I get used to it and I hear one song, I expect the next song to be what I expect it to be. When it's not, if it's on the radio or someone else's playlist, it kind of irks me because this is not how it's supposed to be. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so your brain is, that's a very good point, that you've got the sort of the, the pattern of a given song, but then you've created a new neural network of your playlist pattern. You like the connection among the songs and you get upset when you don't have that connection.
And one more thing here, since we've talked so much about all these connections, what about those things that just kind of pop up, like out of left field? But see, that's what's really cool and makes life interesting is that there's a, there's a bit of a random number generator in the brain sometimes. Although often that you'll, you'll discover there was a reason, you know, that you ran into somebody who had, who would have reminded you of the person you just thought of, or, uh, your brain is working on stuff all the time. You know, we do far more processing out of awareness than we do in awareness. And so it's sometimes fun to see what your brain's been working on, uh, that you didn't think you were thinking about. It's a fun detective story. We'll end this one here, and kind of where we started, the early school days. Don't remember a lot of those? Not many of us do. Childhood amnesia is a real thing. Kids have memories at the time, they just sort of lose them after age five to seven. And then you really hold on to that new stuff. The experiences have an effect, they mold you, but the actual events, well, those kind of fade. You want more on that? Email me, I've got questions at odyssey.com. And we will be back with something else next Thursday. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. (laughs) 